I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning to you, Steve. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Andrew. We're all playing each other's roles on the show today. <laughs> yes, we are. It's a little musical chairs Saturday matinee this morning. How's uh, how, are, how have things been? How have movie things been? I know you've been distraught at the fact that you've been unable to catch up with everybody. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just like... Everybody's watching like thousands of things. Well, it's it's great because we've got so many new, you know, members in our Discord chat, but they're bringing like these long lists. Well, the Swedes have have taken over. They've just overrun <laughs> the channel, which is great. I love that. Uh 
But yeah, there's so many f- great films that are just on my list. And then things get mentioned and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm meaning to get that. Oh, it's not on Netflix anymore. So now I'm kicking myself because I've saved things and then I just never get around to them. Counting on the fact that some of these smaller films I just figure will always be there on Netflix and they're not. So now I've got to reconfigure and reprioritize and, and start questioning the, those things that I keep putting off because they're those challenging views where you've got to just... You've got to be in the right mindset, and I just keep pushing them off. I've got to start blocking out time saying, no, I'm going to sit down and watch this, you know, all-in-one-take movie uh, just because I need to get it done, and I want to see it. So It's very yeah. challenging to try to complete everything. That's why I have so many lists on Letterboxd. <laughs> oh, I'm trying yes. to get through them all, but I feel like some of them are going to be lifetime challenges, but <laughs> we'll see. We will see. We'll just yes. have to see. Because not only do you have the lists, then you also have, you know, just all the other things that people throw your way. It's like, oh, well, I, I want to see that now, too. Like Heidi over on uh, Discord mentioned uh, some films that she saw at Fantastic Fest. And I'm like, oh, that that Argentine film uh, sounds amazing. I have to put that on my list. And then these two films about the uh, the massacre in, in uh, on the island in Norway. It's like, those sound great. I have to watch those. And. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, many movies to and watch. And I, I honestly, I got lazy because I just coasted through the Apes series. I didn't, I felt no urgency to actually watching those <laughs> films again. So I just let things go. And the next thing I knew, you were back into, you're in the 1968 series. And I thought, oh, wait, these are films that I haven't seen. I need to see these. I need to get caught up. And now all of a sudden, I'm now several behind so i've got some catching up to do so it's yeah you gotta catch up those crime films yes yeah no i'm there's yeah i i had not heard of any of these and it was pete told me last week i should probably watch 75 percent of them but (laughs) i would agree Well, he said 67%. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, there's one to not get as invested in. But I, I think that these are all, well, at least three of the four are ones that I you know, definitely need to prioritize now. So I'm, it's, the, it's the great thing about lists. You, you can jump between lists. You know, if you have three or four lists going on, you can say, well, I'm going to, like it's like pulling from a fancy menu. I'm going to take one from category A and one from category B and one from category C. And I'll have a nice little meal. Absolutely. And that's like me playing catch up with the trailer rewind movies. Yes. <laughs> like, because I missed a few and I'm like, oh man, I still have to go back and watch those. <laughs> and then I'm doing a show with you later this month. I'm like, well, yeah. I got to watch that one first before I watch these others, just in case I run out of time. Yes. Oh yeah. No, I, I saw, I saw that you watched it. So I'm looking forward to having that, that conversation with you about that for our October tra- trailer rewind. I think that's going to be a very interesting discussion. That will so. be raw, yes. everybody. So yes, it's on it Netflix here in the States. So check it out and be ready for this month's trailer rewind. Yes. All right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's all I can say (laughs) about that one right now. It's I, it felt like the perfect timing for October. So I just uh, yeah. right. Yes. All right. Have you hungry? Uh, yeah. Here's a finger. <laughs> well, have you? Okay, I haven't got been getting out to see anything, but now looking at all the trailers coming out, I'm getting really amped up for what's coming down the road this fall. There's lots of really good stuff. That, it seems like there was like a trailer lull, and now like this week, it seems like. Every other day, there's something new coming out for like Oscar season, and there's just more and more great films coming out towards the end of this year. So, 
It's been crazy the the number of trailers that look amazing, and some of them are. Uh, films that are still coming out this year, I guess that they just didn't have the big budgets to put into the marketing, and i.e. they haven't been marketing and screaming at us for six months. Um, these are the ones that are like, you know, we've got, you know, two to four weeks to to yes. really put yeah. put into the marketing for yeah. this one. So we'll start now and get people out. And I feel like there's a lot of those hitting right now because I feel like, man, oh, I hadn't even heard of that. And I want to go see that one. Yeah, yeah it's been, it's been uh, you know, quite a time for all of these trailers to hit. Well, that's well. That seems like a perfect lead into your trailer pick for this week. Yes, as a matter of fact, it does. So, my trailer this week is a film that, again, as we just said, I hadn't even heard of. This is a film called Tiger that is coming out later uh, this year. It's coming out uh, November second uh, here in the U.S. I believe it's a limited release, a U.S. and Canada, um, and then it has a, a nationwide release after that. But I don't know exactly when that is. This is a sports drama. It's a boxing film directed by Alistair Grierson. Um, and it is a true story based on a true story about a boxer named Pardeep, Pardeep Nagra, who is a Sikh, and he wanted to be a boxer and ran up against the, the, the boxing federation because they wouldn't let him box because he wouldn't shave his beard off due to his religious uh, uh, beliefs. Uh, Mickey Rourke is in the film. He's playing um, uh, Pardeep's mentor, and uh, Pardeep is played by Prem Singh. And, uh, you know, this was a trailer I watched, and I I had not heard this story at all, but I found it so fascinating. And this is one of those things where I feel like it's it's this... um, this rule that's in boxing about you have to be clean shaven in order to box, but it's a rule that people are like, well, why do we need that rule? It's kind of a, you know, a rule that might be out of date nowadays, but everybody starts sticking to their guns about keeping the rule because there's a little, you know, racial profiling and all of that stuff going on. And it sounds so fascinating. Mickey, the Mickey Rourke factor always to me is still like, is that going to make this a better film or is it going to make it a worse film? I don't know. I'm not sure what to, what to think of this one, but, um, because it may just be kind of a, you know, a, a rent it, uh, you know, not quite passing the six, uh, uh, stars on the IMDb scale sort of movie. But as it stands right now, I am really fascinated by this story and just the story alone gives me reason to want to watch this film. What did you think of it? Yeah, this this is the perfect trailer rewind pick because this is one that will get marketed on Mickey Rourke's name, try to pull some bodies into seats, but ultimately is probably going to find its audience on, you know, streaming services and once it's available, you know, online and digital and and all of that because to me it is a really compelling story. I love these true stories about things that you know had no idea this was even you know and something that happened was a controversy i'm not into boxing so and again this i think is uh something that happened in in, he was in canada so i don't know how much attention he got here in the states but it's a really interesting you know look at something that is a topic that can flow into other areas of discussion when you've got you know old rules and you've got people pushing against those rules and then you get you know 
you know, sort of political issues that, that come into play for me makes this a really compelling and interesting story. So it's one that, yeah, I'm not probably going to rush out to theaters to see it, but it's one that when it shows up on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, I'm going to add it to my list and sit down and watch it one afternoon and hopefully have a really good time looking at something that's that's tackling a, a really interesting subject. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Uh, it, it it definitely piqued my curiosity, so I'm glad it uh, did the same for you. What's a, just an interesting production aside for this one, Prem Singh, who is the the boxer that um, that the lead character is based on here, along with uh, Michael uh, Pugliese, I'm not sure how you say his last name, they wrote the screenplay together. Um, they started in 2010 trying to get this story told, and they, I guess they got it together after attaching Alistair Grierson to direct it. And what's interesting is Prem and Michael found where Mickey Rourke uh, trained as far as his boxing. And they waited for him to leave the gym and they pitched him the project. And he was interested enough to get attached to the project. And that's what they kind of used to sell it and get the funding for it. So it's always nice to hear little stories like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, it's one of these films that, yeah, if if you didn't have a Mickey Rourke, uh, it's going to be one that's, you know, going to struggle to get that funding. Uh, it, it's a, a actor like that that uh, brings an audience to it that can help get these things off the ground. But I I expect that, you know, as I said, I hope this is going to find an audience because it, it's a really really interesting story. Well, like I said, it's uh, it looks like it's opening right now, November second, uh, twenty eighteen. Okay limited release um i don't see any other uh, information about release dates outside of uh, the u.s or canada so hopefully it will be something that people uh find though mine's a comedy with christian bale in a fat suit <laughs> no this is uh this is adam mckay uh as we all remember from the big short you know you've got a, a director that had just built a reputation on comedy you know all the work he had done with with will ferrell and anchorman and you know delivered this you know unexpected uh drama looking at the whole you know financial crisis in the, in the big short well he's back now with uh Christian Bale as Dick Cheney in the movie Vice, which is the story of, you know, Dick Cheney, who was, you know, the powerful vice president. And uh, the, the trailer, you know, really hinges on, you know, centers on uh, Sam uh, Rockwell as uh, George W. Bush sitting down with Dick Cheney and talking about uh, having him as his vice president. But we've got a huge cast. We've got, you know, Steve Carell back you know, again, working with Adam McKay as Donald Rumsfeld. We've got Amy Adams. We have Eddie Marson. We've got Tyler Perry as Colin Powell. Uh, just a huge cast. And to me, just a really interesting story. Again, I think, you know, McKay showed that he can handle uh, serious subject matter in an entertaining way. So I'm, I'm really intrigued with what he's going to do with this one. It's not based on a book. Uh, he is the writer on this. He was the writer on, on Big Short, but he was working off of uh, the book that that uh, had been, you know, all pulled together on this one. I'm not sure if he's just pulling from a lot of magazine articles or or what the general thrust of the story is, but I'm intrigued to see what uh, what we get uh, from him. This is coming out right around Christmas time, December 21st. So again, sort of right in that Oscar you know, contender sweet spot. And he, he pulled it off three years ago with the big short. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how this one comes together. 
The Big Short was such a surprise of a film. And uh, man, did I just, uh, I feel like I learned a bunch about that while having a great time um, at the same time and just being horrified. And that I think is something that uh, McKay, who definitely comes from kind of the comedy side of things, has found a way to tap into in a really smart way is is taking these insane real world stories and infusing them with comedy to uh, to make it really incredibly palatable for an audience. I mean, that's kind of what he did with the big short. And it definitely looks like that's what he's doing here. I am just so excited about this one. I think uh, Christian Bale looks amazing as uh, as uh, as uh, Cheney. And as everybody does, uh, you know, Sam Rockwell as <laughs> as Wyatt just um, it just endlessly cracks me up. It's just fantastic to see him in there. So I don't know. I, I'm so excited that this is coming out. And this is another one that's like I hadn't even heard that this was coming. And here yeah. it is. I'm like, oh, wow. Look yeah. at this. This is looks like to be an amazing film. I didn't even know it was happening. So. Yeah, you would think with a cast like this that there would you would have heard something. It was just like the big short came out of nowhere. This one is just, you know, trailer dropped and out of nowhere. You know, with all of these people, you would have thought you would have heard that, you know, this was starting production, but they kept it really quiet. And it's this nice, you know, little pleasant surprise here in October of a, a you know, I think probably, you know, a best picture contender. We will see. And interestingly enough, I was looking to see what else you know adam mckay was working on and he has also announced that he's uh his next uh project is at least according to imdb is a movie called bad blood which is uh similar it's about um the story of uh that biotech company uh that elizabeth holmes started uh theranos or theranos which was about you know all the blood testing and over the past several years about how that was revealed to be a complete you know fraud and all the scandal that was involved in that so that's his next one that's it's been announced with jennifer lawrence as elizabeth holmes so it sounds like he's found his niche of tackling sort of like what the big headline stories are and creating a very entertaining look at you know, sort of, I guess, you know, controversial or scandalous, you know, behavior by uh, public officials. So. Well, yeah. you know, interestingly, Miss Sloan, I think, fits nicely into that. That's oh, another one yes. that has that same vibe, oh, even though he wasn't involved. Yeah. But I, I feel like there's there's a great way to kind of tackle these stories. And uh, I think that uh, they are really interesting. That that one about Elizabeth Holmes sounds really interesting. So that's another one I'm going to have to have to check out. So cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got some, like I said, it's <clears throat> trailers. It's going to be like picking your favorite children in the next few weeks as we continue to have all these trailers drop it's going to be tough <laughs> tough to find the really good ones yeah yes it is i you know i guess it's that time we got to dig into these <laughs> these crazy lists huh as i said last week why do we let the people decide we need <laughs> this needs we need to decide these lists not them they stick us with these challenging things but it's 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 very rewarding to be pushed to explore different avenues. <laughs> That's one way to say it. <laughs> or, just, sure. or just we have to be better about picking topics where it's like, oh, well, there's three movies. There's maybe one movie in this category. Yeah, okay, so here we here we go yes well so as uh yeah, yeah. The, as the as as the the uh the people spoke 
And they chose, of our options, police corruption movies, wrongful executions in movies, or fringe sexual behavior in movies. The people spoke and chose wrongful executions in movies. So that's that's where we landed yep. because of the film The Detective uh, that uh, we're talking about on the main show this week. So... <laughs> Do you want to start this one off, or shall sure. I? Sure, I can. I can start with this one because I will. We'll we'll see. I this was this was a challenge because of the phrasing that we pick, and I think maybe we need to be less specific. But okay, <laughs> how often are people executed in movies? And that's to me, I that's not just somebody getting killed. You know, I I I struggle with this. Like, what does an execution mean? Then wrongful execution. So it's not somebody that should be executed. So there's somebody innocent or that, you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time or something. So I really struggled with this one. So I, I had to dig deep. Uh, a lot of online searching didn't help me as much as I had hoped. So I had to think about situations where people were, and I guess I sort of came along. I do have, I do have an execution here, but a lot of these are unintended deaths, but although there was, it was not like, whoops, I accidentally killed you. It was, there was, there was some intent, but it may have somehow been misdirected. So my first pick, this is a really obscure movie that I have not seen in a long time. Um, and I, it may be difficult to track down. I'm sure it's, you could probably rent it out there, but this was, um, from 1989, I believe. Uh, this is Penn and Teller Get Killed. So this is a story of Penn and Teller, and there's all kinds of crazy hijinks that happen. But at one point, in the middle of a magic trick, Penn accidentally kills Teller. So he puts him in a situation where he is, you know, in a life-threatening situation. Of course, Teller is supposed to escape, but... He ends up getting killed, so it's probably the one where I'm stretching it the most. But you could say that he is he is executed on a public stage in front of you know hundreds of people. It wasn't intended that way, so it was the wrongful execution of Teller in Penn and Teller Get Killed. Oh, okay. I have not seen that. I don't think I've seen Penn and Teller in any movie. Well, this is the one. I I don't know if they've got little cameos in 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 uh, a lot of movies, but this was one that was an interesting point in their career. Um, and I remember seeing this in because Teller on stage does not talk at all, but he actually has, right, right. has lines in this. And what the reason I watched this was I was, I just graduated high school and I was a huge fan of Arthur Penn, a, you know, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. little big man. So this was, I think the last, one of the last films he directed. And I thought it was an unusual subject matter for him to take on because usually he was dealing with like historical things. That's what that I always appreciated about, you know, the films he did. Uh, so yeah, it was very unusual to see him take on something as contemporary as Penn and Teller get killed. So that's what drew me to see, to watch this when I was working at the video store. Um, a lot of people didn't enjoy it because it is a very, very odd film. It would be interested to revisit it, to see how well it holds up. It, it feels very dated in eighties, but it did stick with me, you know, in terms of the accidental killing of Teller. I feel like, what was the Arthur Penn movie that I just watched? I am looking at his stuff. Uh, oh, Night Moves. That's what I just watched. Oh, okay. Um, which was a real disappointment. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, that was pretty lame. Yeah, Penn and Teller Get Killed was um, um, one that the box cover 
always stood out to me, like on on the shelves at Blockbuster, <laughs> but I never watched it. <laughs> I don't think I knew who those guys were at that time. It wasn't until probably, you know, five years later that I knew who they were. So, well, my first one, you know, this was such a hard one. I'm going with, I, I guess what I would say is for me, probably the most obvious one. Um, one, because it clearly is a story about a wrongful execution and two, because Tom Hanks is in it <laughs> and you know, you know, me and Tom Hanks, uh, it is of course the green mile and it is the, the story of John Coffey, who is wrongfully convicted for killing these young girls. And, uh, although it seems like he did based on the way things, um, uh, happened, but as we come to find out, he, somebody else had killed them and he was actually trying to save them, but couldn't, but that doesn't stop everybody from wanting to kill him because everybody thinks he really did do it. And the film, uh, I, I, you know, I guess I'm spoiling it right here. <laughs> it's a wrongful execution. Um, but, you know, there's some issues I have with the film, and I, I think it stems from the way that Stephen King opted to write the book, where he wrote it as a serial format, where it was just 10 little books. Um, so sometimes I feel like the film is a little episodic, but I still find it very powerful, and I think that there is a lot of strength with it. And uh, Frank Darabont, I think, is an inter interesting director, especially when he's tackling Stephen King. So... Um, but that's my first one. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as John Coffey uh, in his big execution at the end of The Green Mile. Yeah, you stole my one execution movie. Way to go. <laughs> well, I had to get it out of the way. Actually, I do have another one that is a real fake execution. So I've got two. I... <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you, you you took my number one pick there because I was building up oh, to that okay. one uh, because ah. it was my my execution. They could say, you know, again, you know, true wrongful execution. So, no, I. I'm I'm on board with that one 100 percent. So you I'll, I'll have two films. You can have four on this one. Well, between the two, <laughs> two of us, we'll have six. I, I have no backups on this one at all okay so, all right well we'll we'll just keep plugging away and see where we land okay we'll, we'll see all right so so for my next one i have to think about um again i wanted to stick with somebody you know it had to come with intent and so maybe because i was trending toward comedy because for me i had to think there's something so just there's something darkly humorous about or it, it can be, and I won't say, you know, the Green Mile is, no, there's nothing comic about that. But often, you know, when you've got something that's a, a wrongful execution, you know, clearly there's a miscarriage of justice or something has gone wrong. And to me, that can delve into the areas of comedy. So that's where I started thinking. So I ended up with my second pick being Fish Called Wanda because of when you have Michael Palin, who is attempting to kill the witness, and he ends up wrongfully executing all of her dogs. <laughs> Which ultimately, after he kills the last dog, she dies of a heart attack. So mission accomplished. But when I thought about it, what, when do you have somebody that is, you know, wrongfully dying? Well, these these poor dogs were being wrongfully executed by 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 Kent. So there there we are. So. That's that's my second pick. That, and that is the end of my list. I've got Penn and that's Teller, really funny. I've got Fish Called Wanda, and The Green Mile. I, I almost feel like you could also say the fish themselves. <laughs> well, I guess that they're yes. they're just they're murdered. They're just yeah, that's flat out murder. He, <laughs> out he intended to me, he intended to kill them. 
<laughs> he did not intend to kill those dogs. So for me, they were wrongfully executed. So, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I like it. I like where you're going with that one. Okay. All right. For my next one, I am going with a uh, a film that I only saw um, fairly recently uh, because I'm going through this Melissa McCarthy series. Uh, speaking of lists and movies that you're watching, I, I'm watching all the Melissa McCarthy movies. And one of them is this film. And she just has a tiny, tiny bit part. Um, it is Alan Parker's 2003 film, The Life of David Gale. Oh, okay. with with the uh, the with the um uh, the currently um unspoken uh, Kevin Spacey playing the lead. Um he is a professor and an activist against capital punishment, but he gets sentenced for uh for killing an opponent of his and uh played by I believe it's uh Laura Linney and uh Kate Winslet is a reporter oh and he's put on death row Kate Winslet's a reporter trying to figure out what the heck is going on and is doing this story on him and uh the fact that I'm putting it on this list this is it's a spoilery list yes you know wrongful executions you're <laughs> yes. kind of ruining the movie but this is a wrongful execution and I'm just going to spoil it here for everybody um he basically stages this whole thing um to prove a point why capital punishment is wrong. I'm not going to go into the details. I'll let you explore that on your own. It's a pretty interesting film. It's not the greatest, um, but Alan Parker is an interesting director who's done some um, a such a variety of films, and I generally am uh, pretty uh, pleased with them. And this one I, I certainly enjoyed. It's an interesting film, uh, great cast, and uh, definitely wrongful execution. So that's my next pick. Okay. That's one that I remember when it came out in theaters of just all the names attached to this and thinking this looks like, you know, something that is going to be worth watching, but it's one that just, you know, wasn't compelling enough to go see in theaters. So I thought, oh, I'll catch it, you know, on video at some point and just never rose to the top of the list. Um, but yeah, everything about this, uh, you know, yeah, Alan Parker, sometimes a little uneven, but I generally enjoy his films. And then just looking at the cast of just, you know, Kate Winslet and Kevin Spacey and, and Laura Linney, I just, yeah, this should be a solid film. So is it, is it one that I should add to my, my list? And, you know, it's not a required film. I wouldn't okay. say that. I, okay. I think if it's one that you're curious about, it's worth checking out because it's, it's an interesting story I found. Um, but it's nothing that, um, like I remember it kind of coming and going in theaters yeah. and it was one that seemed like it was intended to be a big, like award winning type of film, but it never quite hit that mark. And I felt that way watching it. I certainly think it's interesting and it's worth a watch if you ever just have the time or feel like it okay. or you go, Oh, Hey, look, here it is. Um, but I wouldn't like put it at the top of your list because, okay. you know, in the name of the father should still be sitting at the top of that <laughs> list. Okay. Yes, sir. Right. Oh, I was actually looking at that one. I'm like, did they execute anybody in this one? I don't think so. But man, that's, that'd be a great. That's one. the first one that came to my mind. I thought, oh, geez, I'm doing this thing. He's gonna just he's gonna throw in the name of the Father in front in my face again and ask me if I've seen it. And I'm gonna hang my head in shame and say, no, I haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> that's right. Okay, and I bet Pete hasn't either. No, of course so. not. All right, what else have well, we got? Okay, so. I 
my last film, actually, as I looked at it, I realized I did end up p- picking three that I, I guess I would say are all wrongful executions. But the last, I ended up having three to choose from for this last one. Um, and I'm I'm kind of torn with them because they're all kind of wartime executions. Okay. And, and I'm like, I mean, it's kind of a wrongful execution, but according to... Um, war, war crime prosecutions, it's kind of okay. So anyway, I was a little, I was, I was kind of struggling on that one. The one I'm I'm settling on though, and it's tough because I haven't seen any of these in a long time. So I'm like, which is the one that has the most, like the one I remember the most. And unfortunately, I don't remember any of them that well. But I'm going to go with uh, Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory. Um, my recollection of this one is um, there's a, uh, Kirk Douglas's character, and I, I could be totally wrong on this, but my recollection is that there is something they're supposed to be doing, and and uh, he refuses to continue because it's basically suicide. Everybody is um, just everyone's going to die, and so he has to. So some of his men get accused of cowardice and are court-martialed and are executed because of it. And uh, and Kirk Douglas is uh, very upset about this. And I think he makes his enemy the one who leads the executions. I, you know, I can't remember exactly. I just remember feeling it was really powerful and a really interesting film. And I probably should watch it again uh, since I am now putting it on this list as a wrongful <laughs> execution. But I think it fits. Yeah, no, I, it has been a long time since I've seen it, but it was one that uh when i watched it, i thought i can't believe i haven't seen this before because it just it was a really solid film and just yeah i think this fits very well on this list definitely okay well yes. good there we go and then i guess for the the final uh one to fill in your missing gap <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this movie in that okay. I I don't rec- I I saw it when it came in, out in theaters um, in the late '80s. I remember liking it, but I've never gone back to it. Um, but weirdly, it's always stuck in my head, um, even though IMDb has it at the um, uh, below the six star uh, line. It's like five point eight. Okay. It is the film Old Gringo, uh, directed by Luis Puenzo. Um, with uh, uh, Jane Fonda, Gregory Peck, and Jimmy Smits. I I don't know why this film has always stuck with me, but j- there are just moments in it that just like are burned into my brain. And one of them is watching the execution at the end when uh, when one of these characters is killed. And um, I going back and reading the the plot synopsis of this film again, it's like I didn't even realize that uh, Gregory Peck is playing Ambrose Bierce, the author. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, that's so weird. I like I had no recollection of that. So now I feel like I need to watch it again just to like put it all together. But it's like he's an old author and he's he's kind of joined the Mexican Revolution. And she's a, a school teacher down there who gets kind of caught up in this whole thing. And, um, and he, Ambrose Bierce is in this place where he's just, he feels like he's done his work as a writer and he really just wants to die now. And he's kind of tired of living. And so he's trying to kind of get himself into, uh, situations where he ends up getting himself killed. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just found like it was an interesting film and Jimmy Smith is the, um, 
I think he's the general who um, is kind of catches them both and uh, deals with them both. But uh, it's actually his execution later. And so it's an interesting little film that might be worth checking out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, so anyway, that's that's the that's the last of the wrongful executions. Well, that's a tough list. It was a very tough list. We need to go easy on ourselves for next week. Well, what are we, funny that you say that. So Pete be? and I uh, were chatting about this because uh, we knew that you didn't watch this movie yet. Of course not. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, Danger Diabolic uh, yes. that uh, we're going to be talking about next week. So I, I threw some ideas out to Pete. And so what we narrowed it down to are are these options. The first option being, uh, and this is, we're we're trying to... Uh, make something that uh, is is not too broad, but is broad enough. It is comic book adaptations, okay. but we feel like we need to cut Marvel and DC out of that. Okay, mix. yeah, think that's fair. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yes. The next one is Secret Layers. Ooh. Okay. That could be kind of fun. And the last one, Spy Comedies. Oh yes. Okay. I feel like that's kind of a fun op- set of options for us. I think that uh, that that works. There's spy comedies. Yeah, there's there's a good amount there. Yeah, that from what I've seen in discussions and and Discord about the film, I think that will be a a, a good representation of this film and give us some uh, whichever category is selected. I think we can we can come up with some good lists there. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it. So we're going to get that up uh, in the uh, Show Talk channel for everybody to vote on for next week's Saturday matinee. And uh, I guess that's it for this one, huh? That's it. Yeah, this is a short one because, dang, that list was brutal. (laughs) It was a tough one. Well, thank you, all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you and are glad that you are there um, backing us and helping us out. Keep things uh, trucking. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with next week's uh, next week's fun list uh, from Danger Diabolic, and uh, it should be a good time. So, thanks everybody. Have a good weekend, Hondo. Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREAL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterbox to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.